Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. Joined by Joy Singh. Joyce, we had such a busy week of, of, of news, and we're also going to read a ton of emails. But we're going to start with uh, a new Oscar entry. Fresh, sort of fresh onto the scene? Not really that fresh. Just very kind of late. Premiered in Venice? Talking about, of course, the biggest movie of the year, Memory. Yeah, Memory is going to be distributed by Ketchup Entertainment in December. Not to besmirch the great Ketchup Entertainment, I have to say this is the first time I've heard of, of this group, but I'm excited they're putting out Memory, which got great reviews at Venice Film Festival. When you're watching this and you're like, what the hell is that you're talking about? And you Google it, and it's a tough one to Google because the SEO for Memory, I'd imagine, is not- Bad, bad SEO. Act. Just like, I'm thinking about uh, next year with uh, Yorgos Lanthimos next film, and- And, tough, tough beat. Yeah, some, uh, of, these, is, some of these titles, man. This is the one with uh, Peter Sarsgaard and uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah, and Peter Sarsgaard won the Volpe Cup. And we get to say Volpe Cup again. We're going to say it many times because we're going to talk about Priscilla in a little bit too. Love the saying Volpe Cup. It's like my favorite thing. Volpe. Volpe Cup. Um, Yeah, he won won Best Actor. But Uh for uh, award season, he'll be campaigning in supporting. Yes. A lot of emails like late Friday about this. Many different uh, groups are representing. Yeah, a lot, a lot of firms working on it. So and the THR exclusive. So if you are a journalist and you get these press releases, and then also the blasts from the trades, you got about four different emails. Yeah, and then you check like you know Twitter and like you know multiple tweets about it. So Uh, I'm excited to see it. I actually have a personal connection to movie slightly because one of my friends, uh, whose his children are actors, and his daughter has a small part in the movie. He said, "Is is this the same friend?" um with the kid in armageddon time sure is and so uh she is gonna she, i don't know what she plays in the movie or what but she's in it very small part but they were very excited that it got distribution it's coming out in december uh i got just from reading the 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 way it was presented and this whole thing it feels like we're they're they're angling for the peter sarsgaard as andrea riseborough this award season did you get that sense yeah i do think like they want to capitalize on his Volpe cup when you got the Volpe Cup, a beloved actor who I think has worked with a lot mm-hmm. of people and is usually great in all his movies and has never been Oscar nominated here with a chance in a supporting actor category that technically probably has one spot that's open at the moment, right? I mean, there's five spots yeah. open, but we all think there's four that are pretty set. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know if he'll, I mean, I haven't seen a movie, but 
Um, I don't know if he will get in this year, but I do feel like exactly like you said, he is the type of actor, like once he gets uh, a strong, proper vehicle, like he could get in first time and just win, you know? Yeah. Well, do you think that he could like, let me ask, like, this is, this is wacky, but like he could get in, I think for this, if there's like 200 actors who really love him, right. As like a performer and the movie is great or he's great in the movie. I don't, do you think he would win this year against this stack competition if he got in? I mean, I haven't seen the haven't seen performance, it. so I'm not going to judge the quality, <laughs> but we all know it's not about the quality only. Right. Um. I, I feel like he would need like to sweep and I don't think he would necessarily get in at other places. Um. You know, like if, like he would probably be a lone nominee if it works out. Yes. So that's like another thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, it kind of, again, not to, it reminds me both of Andrea Riseborough and a little Brian Tyree Henry from last year in a small movie that's like And a they did not drama. win, so. They did not win, but they got it would, in. It would need to be like a, a sweep like Christopher Plummer for beginners, you know. Right, but that I felt like had more of a runway. Yeah, right? because that, we knew that was happening and he right. got in everywhere and won everything, so. But I love when a movie gets, I, I felt like, my thing on these, a lot of these festival movies, and I'm not going to name names, but certain ones this year, I think failed to do this. Uh, when they don't have distribution and they come in like a house on fire with the reviews or they win like awards and then they are picked up and then not released in the year that they premiered at the festivals, it feels like you missed your window. Maybe. Are you are you trying to call out Hitman? I'm not mentioning anything by name. Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, but this movie got great. I mean, I mean like, I don't, I understand because it's like <laughs> if you're, you know, you're taking a look at the field and if it's just so stacked, especially in a category you're aiming for, you know, you yeah. might maybe you're thinking especially with like the strikes and everything so maybe you're thinking you know uh, a more open field next year you have a better chance next year so yeah, i mean that's um, that's fair very fair but like i yeah like i think you know the coming off his win there and um yeah and then you know obviously jess uh she would be in lead so another entry into that stacked field feels too crowded Lead is too crowded, Joyce. Yeah. So I'm not going to put her in there, but I might toy with putting Peter Sarsgaard in there. At least in my head, I'm, without him having not even seen it, I feel like he's in the five to 10 range. Like, I'm telling you, like, if if he's in a, like a top three contender. Yeah. Like, I think he could just get in and win on his first nomination. Right. So, so that's great. We're I'm looking forward to seeing it. I wasn't even as a, as a great cast like Mary Weaver, Josh yeah. Charles, Elsie Fisher. So, and it sounds like kind of the shatter, kind of shattering awards drama that is made for uh, dr- yeah. awards, I guess. Very, you know, like low budge. Um, one of the talking points is, you know, Jessica did her own makeup and everything, or like very little makeup. And, you know, it was like she bought her own clothes. So, the- and it's, it's about these two old uh, high school classmates and they went to their reunion and uh peter's character follows her uh jessica home one night and then they you know secrets come out and everything yes trauma a lot of trauma a lot of trauma a lot of health issues it seems right as well in the movie so uh you could read the reviews and we got yelled at sometimes people yell at us for spoilers we haven't even seen it so there's nothing to spoil but there's nothing to spoil it's just a plot line that's a plot line is not a spoiler we have an email later from our good pal pal tim who wrote in about our spoiler oh good can't wait to hear that it was he was pro us Uh, the youtube comments choice which i know you didn't read not as pro us i would say for this youtube is very much like anti every kind of information there is yeah so 
so that's that's memory. Uh, the other thing was, what else do we want to say? A couple of movies this week that are out that people could watch that we've been talking about. Well, in mass, one in particular, it's already been out. Yeah, it's limited. been out, but it's been out in, in very limited, I would say. As someone who's been trying to see The Killer in theaters, uh, the, it's still very limited when the Netflix movies are in theaters. You, you just go back to the Paris. <clears throat> well, it's not even, here's the funny thing. It, the Killer is <laughs> only in the Paris, even though it's not on Netflix until November 10th. It's only in the Paris until tomorrow uh, Thursday. Yeah, because they have to vacate it. Because it, it was just like a week, yeah. But it's still playing it. at the Alamo Draft House, yeah. which is where I will have to see it, which is fine. Love that establishment as well. Uh, we're talking about Nyad, Joyce, not Killer. Nyad is on Netflix this week. I already told my parents to watch it. Um, do you think they'll enjoy it? I think they will. I think it's a great movie for older people. It is. It's an um, entire movie about uh, how old people shouldn't be thrown aside. Yeah, why? Like, don't be ageist. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, uh, inspirational. It's it's a, a very, like a pretty standard, like sports inspo pick. It is and, an old fashioned crowd pleaser that yeah. people will watch on their couch. Um, and the performances are great. Like I loved Jodie Foster in this and Annette Benning is really good. And uh, I, the you know, like as we, you, you could Google all this stuff about Diana Nyad if you don't know already. So yeah. not going to get into that. Um, but you know, she's not the most, uh, you know, quote unquote, likable character as we know, or personality, mm -hmm. um, has been in, embroiled in some controversies over year as recently as last year and just released an apology a couple weeks ago, just to get ahead of the game, you know? And, uh, what I liked about the movie is like, they're not afraid to make Diana like the butt of the joke. And like call out her bullshit and neither is Annette in her performance like they're not trying to like lionize this person and it's very much about her ambition and like you know you see this a lot just in athletes in general like they just have this laser focus this one goal and then how that affects the people in their orbit like their support group um and that's uh, Jody's character who's her best friend um, and the other thing I really like about this movie is like these two characters are, you know, older women, lesbians, and it's a portrait of a platonic relationship between them. Like there's nothing romantic and you see this really deep connection and love between them, but it's entirely platonic and you see how they're there for each other. And I really like that. So um, it's a, it's a nice film. I, couldn't agree with you more. The reason when I saw it at Telluride, I was like, it's fine, it's good. And it played well in the crowd. And I was like, this actually could get in a week if they're if eight, nine, and ten is like weak, it could get in as a dark horse like best picture nominee, I felt like, because I think they already the ether or whatever, like you said, Diana and I and is not is an imperfect vessel, right? Like she has like a lot of uh controversies and even amid her like uh achievements. The thing that's great about the movie is they're not lionizing her exactly like you said. So it kind of like lessens the outrage about her as a character because the movie is not like a hagiography about her. It's actually like yeah. she was kind of a dick. And really, if she and didn't have she the support- treated the people who helped her like a dick. <laughs> like... And, and if, if she didn't have those people in to support her, and that's like, the, she literally says this towards the end of the movie. This is a spoiler, I guess, if you're thinking like, again, um, this, but also like real this life. historical so. real life thing could be a spoiler. But her thing at the end of the movie is like, uh, 
you know, I couldn't have done it without all the people who helped me, basically. And that's like, it, it. so that's in theory, I think that really neutralizes a lot of like, I think in a normal, if it was a rousing biopic and there was that LA Times feature about Diana Nyad that was like, she's actually not great and here's why and all these alleged things, uh, it would have been like, the movie is shot. The, it really didn't matter because the she's played in the movie like that. And, you know, I think if you told... I don't even know. We don't need to, like you said, we don't need to go into it, but I was like, or like the specifics of it. But I think one of the things is that has dogged her throughout time is that she didn't finish. It was not officially the way she completed this thing, this swim from Cuba to Florida to Key West was done not totally by the book, but she still did swim from Cuba to Key West. And so like, I think if you're a normal person and they're like, well, it wasn't totally by the rules, you'd still be like, who cares a little, right? I don't know. I'm just like, she still had to do it. So I'm like, I don't even think that part of the the actual controversy matters. And the fact that like- it, It's just, it's not officially ratified. Right. But I think if you watch the movie, even if it's not like, you would just be like, oh man, that's pretty crazy. Uh, it's incredibly- yeah, and it was bad. multiple attempts. She did it. <laughs> so she finally old. did it when she was 64. 64 is old. Like, so, I mean, that's yeah. old for doing this. I would say it's old. I wouldn't be able, obviously I'm not a professional swimmer, but there's 0% chance I would ever be able to even swim a, a lap. And uh, she's swimming. You, you can't do a uh, 50 meter freestyle? I don't think so. In, in 20 seconds? No. And, and I think that's also because the directors are obviously these uh, Oscar winners, uh, Jimmy Chan and Elizabeth Chai Vassarelli, uh, because they're like real documentarian, like they're like real filmmakers again. I would say. And it's like a narrative, their narrative debut, but they're pr approaching the material, I'd say, with the... uh, Like, just like it's free solo. <laughs> I don't know, like it's free solo, but I'm like, they're approaching it with maybe like more of a discerning eye than maybe another filmmaker or filmmaking team would have, I would say. Um, Yeah, and I think like all, all the the swimming scenes, like when she's actually in the water and all the the natural elements that she encounters and they're like she has to fight off jellyfish there's a massive storm like those sequences are really well done it it really is it for uh my whole thing this year lately has been when i watch uh movies that are made for streaming including one i was watching last night and fell asleep on that i was enjoying called totally killer which is a amazon movie uh and even something like No Hard Feelings, which was a theatrical release, they look not great. I don't know if it's the digital sheen. There's so much visual effects now. People in cars are in cars. They're not in cars. They're on like a set. Nobody's in real locations. And I'm just like always taken out of the movie now. And this movie, I felt like when you're watching her in the water, even though there are a lot of visual effects and later some magical realist touches that I found not as effective, but like literally like in the water when there's like a storm or the jellyfish or sharks or whatever, uh, it feels like really well done and you're kind of like totally buying that it's real. Like, I mean, Nanette Benning was doing the swimming, obviously not in the middle of the ocean, but they like, were in a tank, <laughs> but like, it looks like really, really well done. And I feel like that is also going to help. I, so I had Jody in and I've toyed with moving Annette in and out and I've been both Jody and Annette in because I think you can't have one without the other. And while I think Jody is like, Boy, she's like one of my favorite performances of the whole year. Honestly, she's so good in it. I think it's a great character. She's so great in the role. Uh, it's kind of like, like you said, like the best friend role, but maybe like, you know, like Mickey and Rocky, right? Like that kind of thing, you know, like, it's just like, she's so good. And Annette is obviously playing much more of a prickly character. And that was like kind of at least one pundit pushed back against that at Telluride. Uh, but I still have them both in. I think they could both get in very easily. Yeah, I have them both in still also, as I've said before, because they're currently my only 
acting nominees who are not from a best picture right nominee. so i feel like there might be more than two but i don't these are the two i have now because i don't have an ayat and best picture um I I think like Jody probably has a better shot of getting in than Annette. And uh it's yeah, it's it's a it's a really she has like so many great scenes to Jody. Like she has a lot of screen time. She really she's basically a co-lead. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I mean, it's not I don't think it's like fraud to be supporting, but she's like no. it's not like three scenes and we're out. You know what I mean? Like she's got like a full full meal of a yeah so she she's her coach she becomes her coach um everyone's seen the ping pong clip that they released when she asks her to coach her and you know she's on the boat and then they have you know a lot of confrontations so and um it's just like a a really warm performance and you just kind of realize how much you miss jodie foster on screen too really true oh. <laughs> she's so good she's so good in it you know what i mean like she's so fun and like really good and i think the movie does a good job of like actually like like you said like annette's obviously the lead but i think from an audience perspective you are it's not asking you to empathize maybe with annette but more so with jody right you know what i mean like even though annette's character is obviously the lead and like you're rooting for her in theory because of this thing you yeah. kind of are more in line you're more with the jody character a lot as a viewer well, also because most people would relate more to, a, you know, a civilian, like a, a, a meager civilian like Jody, who would not be pursuing something like this. And it is very much, like you said, like about like the team effort. Um, it takes like Reese Ifans is the navigator. So in it. and and then at the end, you know, as most, you know, like uh, biopics or movies based on real events do, they, you know show like the team and like what happened afterwards and everything so and and yeah you you just see like like you know like this saying you know like it takes a village like er everyone who needs to come together to help her achieve this um even when she's her own worst enemy <laughs> not just to the people around her mm -hmm. yeah. i i gotta say so i have them both in at sag also and i for at least a day, I had Rezai fans in it, Sag, too. I, I kind of think it would not shock me if he got in. It just feels like a very SAG movie, very SAG-friendly movie. And his performance is also incredibly uh, warm and winning. And I just find it like, I think on my Letterboxd review, I called him Nice Quint. That's kind of like what the vibe is. It's like if it's Jaws, right? And Jody is like Richard Dreyfus, And like Nyad is the shark. And, you know, he's like nice Quint, basically. Like, that's kind of like what the movie is a little. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I just think he's wonderful in it. And I could see him getting in at SAG. I don't predict it anymore, but I'm like, he is quite good in it. Yeah, he's very good. Um, I don't have him anywhere. I mean, the, the they're basically the only three main characters in the movie. So yeah, there are other actors in it. I actually really enjoyed uh, there's a young woman who plays a young Diana. I think her name is Anna Harriet Pittman. She plays teenage Diana. Yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks. That part of the movie, I would argue, doesn't is not as effective as the rest. Same. Yeah. Um, but they're they're trying to, you know, link her her uh, not just her background, but like uh, her trauma. 
yes you know so the present so i I completely understand why it's in there and i value that it's in there it just to me it didn't work as well as the stuff with jody and uh annette but i did find the one the young woman who plays her as a teenager like really really good i thought she was like a great actor never seen her before in anything um yeah i think you know the the movie would play well with general audiences like people watching it on netflix i don't i don't know how many people saw it when it was in limited i don't think a lot of people did but i do think a lot of people could watch it uh at home i think a lot of older people will like it like i said i think you know if you like a sports movie you're gonna like it because it's just like down the middle sports drama like you were saying like all the beats are there including the score rousing alexandra desplat score to match it um yeah and i think you know it's i think one of the the knocks i get it i, I don't even know what but like the or or why it's being like underpredicted or both of them are being under i don't even know where they are in the odds but mm. i don't think that that's in the top five issue maybe jody is but uh-huh. i i think like it might be viewed as like super basic and like it is like broad appealing but it it's it's solid i think like it's not a bad film and i think that's what um might have some people down on predicting it you know it's it's not bad at all i think it's actually pretty solid like i would say like a a solid like b b minus maybe not bad Mm -hmm. you know annette's in seventh in the odds uh and I'm scrolling. There's so many people. Stop. There's too many. This I we won't have this problem. F and type in Jodie Foster. We won't. That. We won't have this problem next year because there's less movies next year because of the strike. Jodie is in sixth in the odds, so they're not. Neither one of them are being predicted right now. In but like Jodie is behind uh, Julianne Moore, and I love Julianne Moore in May December. But I think if you were just pound for pound putting these two together, it's more likely that Jodie would get in than Julianne. Not that they both can't get in as well, but I just feel like based on the movie the performance and all these different things like jody would probably have a slight leg up on julianne though they both could get in obviously um yeah i i like julianne but i think we talked about this uh how we would like rank julianne third of the trio in may december a lot of trios this year she's the leo of may december so i think she's better in may <laughs> less, de- less divisive that yeah. Leo's performance. I also think made is that not to just turn this into a made December sidetrack movie we both loved. Uh, I find I think it's being overpredicted because of how people like it, <laughs> which I'm like, yeah, not it's sure very appealing to like people like us. Yes, so, and I'm like, Nyan, I think is very appealing to like the industry know, and yeah, Sid Gannis, right? Like he's probably yeah. loves Nyan. He's out there probably like this is the best movie I've ever seen. It's better than Belfast. Uh, I think if you get in, uh. I could see this bot getting in for score, honestly. I don't know if we get a lot of other nominations, but like, we'll find, we can't I, do the score. I mean, I think he would only get in if it's like a huge contender because his noms kind of ride or die on that. So, and yeah, I don't know. It's good, solid movie. I think at the very least, it'll get the two of them in. I think, I think, I also, I don't think they vote, the, the voters vote like this, but I do think that when we're thinking about like, we kind of talk about this, like the the performance that stands out different from the other performances, right? Or whatever the act, like, and Annette is unique in the best actress race because she's one of the only actors here who's above like 60, 
right? I mean, this, this category this year, or like the top contenders, it's skewing very young. We could legit have a best actress lineup of just actresses in their 30s. And so and you have like Kaylee Smaney, who's mm-hmm. 26. So it's, it's um, very Sandra young. Huller's 45. And then you have Annette Benning. <laughs> um, in the top so, 10, yeah. Sandra Huller's got to be, is probably the oldest other than Annette at 45, right? Because it's Emma Yeah. And then like Greta Lee's 40. Right. So in that aspect, I feel like that gives Annette, if not a leg up, because I don't think people vote like that. At least it makes it feel different, right? You know what I mean? Like it's like a different caliber. Yeah, she's she's the the veteran, like I've said. Like I think she has like that demo to herself. The demo, right? Exactly. And so that I think helps. Like again, we don't need a lot. As we learned last year from Francis Fisher, you only need like two hundred people. And then we got a couple of weeks ago. We had a question about um, how her position as the head of the entertainment fund or something yeah for sad i think the question was phrased because the person was under assumption that the sack strike would end because this was on the heels of the writer strike yeah ending and i was like i think it would actually help her if the strike doesn't end because it's like she would be continuing the support you know and yep. But um, it looks like now, I mean, I'm not gonna, we, we've talked, we've said this. Every you, week. You've made terrible predictions, so don't even try. <laughs> it seems like based on everything everybody's saying, it'll be over this week, but who knows? Maybe it'll go to January. Um, But she, like, I, I don't think, like, regardless of whether the strike ends or not, like, I think that is something, like, her position is something that people remem- remember regardless. Yeah. So. Um, because she had a whole like THR cover about it too. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, Kaylee Spaney. That's the other movie coming out this week in wider release. Priscilla. Yeah, I was in Limited last week. I really like Priscilla. What? Oh, you got to see it. We never talked about it. It's great. It's like my one of my well, favorite because movies I saw it the day after we recorded last right. week. So you liked it. It's one of my favorite movies the whole year. I think it's wonderful, and I would love to see her get in, but I don't know how she could fit in. Um, I've always had her in at the Globes because it's the Globes. And there's six slots. And I'm also like, they're going to nominate Daisy Jones, like Riley Keough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's really good. And what I really liked about the movie is that like they're they're playing, like she and Jacob Elordi are playing Priscilla and Elvis, but not really, like only in name because it's, they're just these, it's, it's, it's not about really their fame at all or his fame it's about this you know young naive girl who got into this relationship and it it didn't turn out the way she envisioned and you just feel her growing isolation over the years and her her struggle to find herself and get out like it's very much a relationship film mm-hmm. and like the entry point is just these famous characters that they are playing but you don't really think that like they're playing Priscilla and Elvis that much and like every now and then you know they mention him going on tour or you know like he like it's like his comeback special is airing and stuff but there's you know because of like rights issues like he's not performing as Elvis there's a couple the of scenes where he is performing, but you don't hear the Elvis music. 
yeah like you don't it's not it's not like austin butler and elvis like he's not singing anything like he goes into a recording studio and then like plays something for her um and then throws a chair at her (laughs) so not great but um yeah it's it's just very much about uh a, a relationship and i i think that's what really works for it and it's uh very different from elvis and then all the discourse comparing jacob and austin is very tiring yeah i've really detached from that honestly i've just ejected from it i couldn't i mean that started you know when it premiered uh, at new york film festival a couple weeks ago too but just couldn't care less now like more people are gonna see it and it's like it's the same bullshit over and over again. i mean jacob is amazing in the movie though i thought he's like so good but he's really good yeah Haley is like the best there was a viral clip of her it's when like did you see that going viral yesterday it was like when uh when he's going back he's going to film viva las vegas and like they're outside the tour bus and yeah, like, that's, she the, says, that's the clip that they released yeah and and she says like two things in it but it's like every aspect of her face is just doing something different i just think it's like the best performance and she believably plays like a teenager and then like a young adult i thought was like really good as well i mean because she's 25 i think in real life right how old is she in real life she's 26 so she plays her from 14 um until like her late 20s i think because i think she left him in 73 uh the ending i we will not spoil it but the ending i thought was like the best the way it ends is really great it's a great ending um and uh yeah now, like I think I think like some people might argue the film could continue with like an extra scene or two, but I don't think it's necessary. It's just I yeah, I mean I really do think this is like Sophia's best movie, I would say at least since Marie Antoinette, but maybe even since Lost in Translation. I think it's like that good. And I think it could be like it should be like a contender in a lot of categories. And I'm don't think it'll be any I don't think it'll get any nominations but I think it could get conceivably should get like consideration in screenplay and costumes yeah I mean like the production design the costumes everything is like and she's just you know she's real Sophia's just really good uh at capturing the loss of innocence do you think it would be a contender she's been out there a lot she's like the mini Marty of this month she's been everywhere doing everything well you know at least she could do with her actors too and the actors are doing some stuff, but even with the actors doing some stuff, the focus is Sophia. It feels like I'm not yes. even, you know, well, she mean, also like, released a book um, yeah. in September. Yeah. I mean, so. God bless, uh, God bless Jacob Elordi for saying he learned about Elvis from Lilo and Stitch, which is the best. And just, just a iconic. great uh, aggregation headline. So. so like God bless him. And like I said, I think he's like, of all the actors this year, I'm glad he's getting to do press. And like, I'm sure like soon everybody will be doing press and it doesn't matter. But I'm like, he's had a really good year. He's great in Saltburn as well. So like, good for Jacob Elordi. He's, he's like, way better in Priscilla than Saltburn. Uh, uh, yes, but he's also great in Saltburn. I don't think it's like, you know, he's better. I in mean, Saltburn. like I found him to be fine in Saltburn. Like, I'm not like, you know, if if you're going to force me to nominate him for one no, of those. I would say Priscilla is like a be better Priscilla, performance. So. But I'm like, he's great in Saltburn too. I was never like, give him awards for Saltburn. no so. no no it's too good to get awards it's fine uh but is this is this going to be your number one of the year Saltburn? no oppenheimer's still my number one but Saltburn's top three uh it's great i love it and it won a, somehow even though everybody who i talked to doesn't like it 
anybody who's like a film Twitter person or in the media is like, fuck that movie. But then in real life, everybody seems to love it because it keeps winning. It won like an audience award. Oh, I, I know. I know like some people who. Like, I know some people who really like it, but there's a certain sect of like elite, uh, you know. Snob oh, no. I, I know. I, I know several people who like they, they don't they like it more than I do. Uh, that's good. I know you actually didn't dislike it. But I, know I didn't dislike didn't, it, but I, I don't love it. It's like, I don't hate it either. It's just like completely in the middle. People really hate it, so. which I find annoying. Uh, anyway, it's a great movie. Can't wait to talk about that one too. Uh, but you know, Jacob is great. I don't think it can, do you think, like, do you think Sophia can get in and in, adapted screenplay when it is already- I didn't edit it anywhere. And me neither, so. <laughs> I, I I would like personally nominate it, but I, I just don't know where I would put it. Um, we, we've talked about this with like other things, but I think the fact that like costumes would be an easy one, right? And honestly, hair and makeup too. But the fact is like these are movie, there are so many movies and so many big movies this year that feel like are going to just suck up the air in those categories. So right now the top five in costumes are Barbie, Poor Things, Kills a Flower Moon, Color Purple, and Wonka, then Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Maestro, and Priscilla's a ninth. And I'm like, Honestly, probably based on that list, like because these other movies are bigger movies and like a huger profile. And some of these are like top five best picture nominees. Yeah, it's there's just a lot of uh, all around contenders this year. Like, I do think Kaylee is top 10. I don't know. Yes. Like, I think she could get in at the Globes. Um do you think she would get in at BAFTA? As a jury pick? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I could I could see her getting in at Critics' Choice in one of their million slots. Maybe they'll have a tie or something. SAG, um, you know, I think, well, I guess like if if the right people or enough people in the nomcom see it and vote for her i i think she could get in i mean it's also appealing to sag because it's like they're playing real people you know like people we know um but it's not like super super baby the performance that's the problem that that's that's what sag likes too um yeah i don't i mean she could be a jury pick at BAFTA. I don't know. I don't think she would be top three at BAFTA. Who would be top three at BAFTA this year? Um, Emma. Emma. Lily Gladstone. I mean, if Lily is not top three, she would be a jury pick. I could see Kaylee being top three behind Emma and Sandra. She would only be top three if she has a ton of momentum at that point when they're voting. Like, but right now she doesn't. I guess the thing I was hoping, like you, momentum is the reason why I guess you would still not write her. Like, I think you're right. I think she's in the top 10. Certainly in, in our odds, she's in the, where is she? Uh, Why am I not finding her? <laughs> Let's see where they- Why where, don't you just type people's names? I did, up? I did. Ninth. She's ninth in the odds. Uh, I think if she got momentum, she could move up there. I think Golden Globes definitely would, she's going to get nominated. I don't think SAG, but I think if she got in a BAFTA, that would like help push the momentum and the narrative that she's like a major contender. I Well, the thing with like BAFTA too, because it's half 
jury now it's it's like you I, I also haven't even looked at the dates to see if it even affect like oscar voting right but um like it's like easy to like look at the list of nominees and say like oh like they got this nomination like they're definitely in but then you look at like how the voting breaks down because it is jury so then you're like oh she could just be someone that these eight people picked or whatever and not the membership right. <laughs> or the branch picked right. you know so uh it's a great movie though yeah um will be in my top also my on my top 10 of the year certainly love it um you know i don't do that but it's we're gonna uh, get asked for one, it, of, one of the ones i liked more than other films <laughs> we're gonna have i mean i'll we'll do it at the end of the year i'm sure someone will email us and say what are your favorite movies uh, you know i'm not i'm not ranking though i can name 10 movies you'll just name 10 movies I'll, I'll, i mean i'll just name top 10 when i do it but uh just we have so many emails here i think we should get to some a lot of emails at slugfests at goldderby.com. I'm going to start with a Tim, who I was talking about earlier about spoilers. Like I said, it was contentious in the uh, in the in the comments because people just don't know history. So, hey, you two, you're amazing. So obviously, I'm going to read this one. Uh, I love to listen and absorb mostly ASMR as I'm doing chores. It's great. Spoilers. Love, love to be background noise. <laughs> That's what I, most of the stuff on, not most of the stuff made now is background noise and second, third screen. So I aspire to be such a, such a great moment. Spoilers get a life, Tim writes. Granted, I have seen the crying game right at the start of the season way back when. So Siskel did not ruffle my feathers when he spoiled it, but that's just the thing. If it's so important to you and annoys you so much, go see the movie right away. Or you're listening to say you two and then killers of flower moon uh, bits and pieces are being divulged. Scream and mute. Get a life and go read, not see the subtle art of not giving an F. Not a question, just my thoughts. You two make my week happy and made me watch and buy all of Succession with all the spoilers. That's from Tim. <clears throat> I mean, you know, Succession had a lot of spoiler discourse after Logan died, too. It did. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Um. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel if it's that important to you especially in this day and age, then you either go see it right away or you avoid the internet. Don't go on the internet. Like you have to police yourself. It's It was definitely easier in the pre-internet days because you didn't connect to the world, like your inner circle. You could just talk about things with your inner circle, like your family, your friends, your coworkers about what you saw this weekend. And you could directly tell them, don't spoil it for me. Um, but if you're going to go online, you don't know what you're going to see online. So I agree with that. The other thing I was thinking, like, I think I'm going to, I feel like this is maybe not even a real quote or a real thing, but I feel like when I, in the, in Roger Ebert's review, maybe of usual suspects or something where it was a twist, I think, or even maybe six cents. It was like, he, I think he suggested at one point that like, if your movie is built totally to rely on a twist and doesn't work as a movie, it's actually not a successful movie right and i think well, that's like, always it, my argument about why i don't give a shit about spoilers you can tell me anything you could spoil things for me that i don't even watch it doesn't matter because to me like the spoiler itself like the twist or whatever itself doesn't matter if it's not meaningful like if it doesn't make sense dramaturgically right no that's right jeremy i agree yeah so i think people just love like the shock 
and the surprise of the twist or whatever. And like, yes, I do understand like when it happens, it's like an experience, right? Like when it's revealed, when something's revealed to you. But like once that all dies down, like it still has to make sense in the movie. And and a good movie, I think could eat, you could watch it with the, like, I like being surprised in a movie, but also like if it's good, I want to keep watching. Like, yeah, and that's why we re- we, we watch stuff. Right. Usual <laughs> we know what happens. A million times, like Sixth Sense is two like great twist endings. I'm like, those are great movies. Yeah. Seen a million times. Uh, so yeah. And if, again, like you said, if, if you see the, 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 the episode is about a movie, I would say just go in knowing that we're probably going to talk about things. Yeah, about like if, you're, you if you haven't, to... if you're planning on watching, I don't know, like Flower Moon in two weeks or something, then just avoid this Maybe thing. Maybe put a bookmark it. You know, but also, like I said, like if something's out, people are allowed to talk about it. Right. So. Just have one here from Sean about the color purple and I have some gardeners outside. So if you hear some uh, really loud leaf blowers, that's what we're de- dealing with. It's pretty early for... I guess so. I'm surprised. Okay. What are you going to do? Hi, Joyce and Chris. Love the show. Thanks for keeping us updated on the Oscars on a weekly basis. Sean, you're welcome. Last week, you read a question where someone flagged something about Fantasia's role in The Color Purple. To confirm, in the Broadway version, the characters uh, that play uh, Celia and Nettie portray those characters for the duration of the musical. But I imagine this version isn't unlike Steven Spielberg's 1985 film. In that version, a younger actress played Celie for about 15 or 20 minutes at the age of 14 before Whoopi Goldberg took over from ages 18 to 40. Having seen the stage play, much of the meat of the character storyline in this adaptation will likely happen after the actress swap from Mopasa to Barino. Mopasa may be featured in the trailers, uh, but we have yet to hear her utter a single word, and we keep seeing the same scenes with her and Bailey, uh, Haley Bailey, who, which, remind, which reads to me as they have limited roles in screen time, then Bailey herself has said that she plays a very small part. If Goldberg was seen as win-worthy contender in 86, why wouldn't Barino? We know that she will have an even greater presence than Goldberg, given, as Joyce mentioned, the inclusion of Celie's imagination a la Chicago, plus musical numbers where she will undoubtedly excel. Thanks, Sean. Um, thank you, Sean, for the education on the musical, which neither of us have seen. Great. This is like so, very helpful yeah. info. Um, but I, yeah, I also kind of just based on the trailer kind of expected that like it will be, you know, young people in the beginning and then the swap. Right. So, but um, yeah, like I still have Fantasia out just because it hasn't been widely seen yet. So that's really the only reason. <laughs> And it's like not fair because like I know people who have seen it and I know you probably do as well, but we, it hasn't obviously been widely seen. But none of those people are like even whispering like it's got like a, like not as this the, the praise is like it's good. Everything is good, but it's not like nothing I've heard has made me want to slip her in yet, though. I would not be surprised if I end up putting her in once the movie cards so more widely screened, I guess I would say. Yeah, um, I I still have the just the double supporting actresses and so so warner brothers launched their uh fyc site yes this week for their films barbie this and wonka but they still haven't listed the the song submissions for um color purple so they're not there but basically every other category is and their supporting actress um pushes uh this is in the order they listed so this this tells you the priority it's taraji danielle brooks her 
um, or Gabriella Wilson, as it's listed here, uh, Hallie and Felicia. So that's the order. It's not alphabetical. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned best original song. We got one here from Tony about that. So let's just do that. Hello, Joyce and Chris. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Tony, it just started because we're doing this pretty early. Uh, but so far, so good. I recently saw a report that Warner Brothers had submitted three entries in for Barbie and best original song. I'm just Ken, Dance the Night Away, and What Was I Made For? I was under the impression that most studios only submit one song to better ensure nomination and prevent vote splitting. So this came as a surprise, assuming it's true. It's true because it just is on their site. Like we we're yes. talking about. Yeah, but all three of them are there. Is this just a misconception I had? Or is Warner Brothers making a tactical mistake and not backing a single horse? Could this hurt their chances at nominations or wins? Which song do you think has the best chance? Personally, I've always felt that I'm Just Ken has the best chance of winning because of how central it is to the movie, how memorable that whole sequence is, and how it went semi-viral alongside the movie. Then again, the Billie Eilish song seems more like a traditional oscar pick that they might default to. Not sure why they threw in the Dua Lipa song as much as I love it. Thanks for the great content. That's Tony. Uh, well, yes, they submitted all three. All three are listed here. Um, and the order is, what was I made for? Dance Tonight and I'm Just Ken. So, oh, so only two can get in at the Oscars. That's the rule. I don't know this at all. So this is just speculating. But I would say, I would imagine there was some kind of if not contractual, some kind of discussion that, yeah, that is like you got, we have to campaign Dua Lipa and yes. Billie Eilish. Yes. Uh, and then I'm just Ken is in there on its own merit and as like a massive viral hit, like uh, Tony is saying here. Yeah. Um, I personally think I'm just Ken would definitely should definitely get in. I mean, it feels like it's the best. It's like, like, the, like Tony said, it's the centerpiece of the movie, frankly, and it's absolutely an incredible sequence. And like we've talked about a lot in the last few years, how kind of like hack it is when the songs aren't part of the movie. And that is not always going to get in because like we've seen, they don't seem to care about that. But I mean, if you're loading up this clip on on the Academy site to watch the song, if it makes the short list, uh, you're going to love that scene. If you haven't seen it, it's the best part, the movie. Well, the good news for all three of these songs is like none of them are credit songs they're all played in the movie but only two of them are actually uh of service in scenes and i'm just ken and dance tonight because they're part of actual sequences in the film and uh what was i made for is just played over a scene a very moving scene and but, it, the the melody uh the melody like comes through throughout they kind of like prime you for that song throughout the movie because it is in there a lot even yeah. if you're not hearing the actual but song. If, but if you're someone who prioritizes like the use of the song in the movie, then it's the the two major dance sequences <laughs> in there. Um, I think, so do you think it'll get two slots? I do, personally. So I think same. And I think Billy is in no matter what else is in there with her. So the fact that Billy Eilish already won an Oscar. For a song I've never heard for a uh, better than Sam Smith Bond theme, but not a great Bond theme. Not a Skyfall. Definitely not a Skyfall. Uh, to me, it just, I mean, she's like an automatic in at this point, frankly. And I think I'm just Ken, if the movie was not what the movie became and it was like Eurovision, we would be sitting here being like, oh man, I will hope I'm just Ken gets in. But the fact that it was like, this is the biggest movie in a long time 
and the song is a cultural phenomenon and Gosling is going to get in. I feel like it's also going to get in. And I don't think the Dua Lipa song, while awesome, is going to get in. That would be my take. It's funny because I feel like the the Dua Lipa song is so much. Um, what what What's like the the oral version of face of the movie, the song of the movie? that Because, like, you know, that was used in the marketing so much. And that right. was. The, the first single from the movie I hear it all the time like uh on the radio and everything so um I think like it's you know it's like such a big pop hit but I can also I agree like I can also see it not getting in I wonder if that's also like you said like, it's I think like that that's definitely the the biggest song here like I think it's bigger than what was I made for Certainly, it's like a huge hit, like you're saying. And But I wonder also, while it is so recognizably part of the movie, does it then, when it kind of exists as its own massive pop hit apart from the movie, does that make people think of it not as part of the movie as much? I don't know if that's true. I, I don't think so, especially because it's used in a whole dance right. sequence in the right. movie. Like, I think it being an actual, like, you know, Billboard top 100 hit, hot 100 hit, like, helps it. So, I mean, like, these are the kind of songs that we we want in, you know, original song nominees, like songs like people know. You, you know, think all three can get in? No, because only two can get in per movie. Right. Cool. They submitted three. Right. But but it's like, Duh. you know, like like Tony was saying was, you know, the, the strategy has been that uh, studios or films have usually just submitted one. So they don't vote split and get none in. See, um so you know i mean that's what happened with encanto but so. that was a mistake which we because know. like that, that like bruno didn't take off at that point when the submission deadline but this is like to me this is like i'm just ken is the bruno of this so i feel like it'll get in this is also just them being very confident as they should be i mean the songs are great and like i think they'll i think they'll get in i think the other slots will probably be like you said like one of the color purple songs it's assuming one of those songs from wish whichever one they decide and then like something else, maybe the trolls and sing song or whatever it's going to be, right? Like, I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, Lenny Kravitz. That's I'm a. Gonna, I'm not going to put that one in, Joyce. That, that's a credit song for Rustin. What about the one in Niad? There is a credit song in Niad. Linda Perry, I think, does the song in Niad. Um, no, because we know the last spot will be reserved for Diane, Diane Warren, right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm excited to talk more about song as we get to it, I guess. Um, here's one from Chris. Uh, Chris, Chris, Chris says, uh, hi, Joyce and Chris. First time writer here, love the show. My question is about best animated feature, which in my opinion seems to be one of the most competitive categories in terms of nominations. While I feel Spider-Verse and The Boy and the Heron are locks, I feel pretty good about Elemental. I'm scratching my head about what to put in the last two spots. I feel like Wish is going to be underwhelming based on the trailers, though since no one has seen it, it's an unknown. And I previously had Chicken Run and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in, but Chicken Run has had a bit of a muted response. And I finally caught up with Ninja Turtles and I thought it was good, but I don't feel like it'll be enough to get a nomination as it may be looked at as lowbrow since the other Ninja Turtle films have been pretty rough. The same with Super Mario Brothers, although it has made a ton of money. Illumination has never gotten in outside of Despicable Me. Maybe Nimona or the Peasants. What are your thoughts? Uh, I don't even know what I have. So, but you're, you're anti-elemental. Uh, no, I'm not. I thought it was totally fine. I have it in, I think, too, now. Let me see. You put it You put it in because you, you didn't have it in. So I have it now. 
Spider-Verse, which you can watch on Netflix right now, which I think is a great boon for it. Uh, the Boy and the Heron, Wish, Elemental, and Super Mario. And the top five in the odds are Spider-Man, Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Wish, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, followed by Chicken Run, and then Super Mario. I think Nimona is being underpredicted, and they're doing a big push for it. Uh, um, Yeah, I have Nimona. The other one I was thinking that could definitely get in is they shot The Piano Player, which is going to be a Sony Classics movie that I think could easily get in as like the highbrow arty one, but it's 120 um, odds right now. Where Where's The Peasants? Uh, the Peasants is under Nimona, so it's in the top 10. I, I think in lieu of movies that are underwhelming, these smaller movies would get in, frankly. So if Wish yeah. is like kind of a flop, though it's tracking really well, it seems like, and people, the songs are good, I guess, so far. I've, the one I, the Chris Pine one sounded fun, uh, though I'm not sure what the movie is really about. Um elemental i have in but i can see it falling out because i think people don't love it i think everyone like kind of liked it or it was just like it's fine and that to me sometimes means that it could lose a nomination against something that has more passion behind it yeah um i mean i currently so i have spider-verse born the heron elemental wish and nimona um but i could see like both wish and elemental not getting in like only one of them getting in and i think mario is like an easy one to knock out but i also think it was good like it made a lot of money because it was also good it's not actually a bad movie uh and i think people will probably enjoy it if they watch it so as someone who's seen it like four times i'd say it's pretty good um yeah i i mean i think it's also I, I I see it kind of being right now in like this the sixth or seventh eighth spot there because I think like people like it and it's obviously seen but I I don't know if there is like a a ton of passion for it like I could I think kids love it but the other thing I think too is a tough problem for it is someone who even who has it predicted and these will not be my final predictions probably is that in the like usually I usually think there's always going to be like one big like hit in this cat like you know what I mean like but there's so many hits actually in this category that it kind of loses like whatever competitive advantage it might have as the biggest movie because like Spider-Verse is a hit Elemental was a hit despite the headlines you might have read on certain websites uh I'm sure Wish will make money Trolls will make money you know what I mean it's like these are all going to be like pretty successful movies so well and Elemental is also just like Pixar so they could just be super lazy just name check it in oh uh I got an email from David L., our old pal. Emailed us at slugfests at goldderby.com. It's David L. again. Happy November. My question is, do you think Claire Fly could finally get in supporting actress for all of us strangers after getting snubbed in the same category for first man and women talking? I haven't seen the film yet, but based on the trailer and your reactions, it seems like it might be her greatest performance. Also, I saw a screening of Ferrari and Adam Driver was totally fine. But Penelope Cruz was the MVP of that movie, so you could be underestimating her as well. As someone who is an actor myself, I thought she really captured the emotion of the film. It's probably Michael Mann's best movie since he made Collateral. Uh, I don't feel like Color Purple will get much traction, except for a couple of craft nominations because the supporting actress category is pretty stacked this year. After the Gotham Awards, I put both Claire Foy and Penelope Cruz in my predictions at the Globes and Oscars. I love how this year feel, is filled with film is filled with so many OG actors in great films. I thought the holdovers was good and totally rewatchable, but it's filled with a lot of cliches 
that I feel like I've seen before many times. And Anatomy of Law is more of a complex script that I think can win. What are your thoughts? Uh, where is Claire in the odds? Uh, let me look. Hang on. I'll do Control F for you this time. All right, Jesus Christ. I feel uh, like she's she's nineteenth like place. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think she's in the top ten. Behind such uh discussed performances as Florence Pugh and Oppenheimer, Scarlett Johansson in Asteroid City, Nisi Nash Betts in Origin, and Cara Jade Myers in Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I I understand one of those. Um, but I also think, you know, like All of Us Strangers is not out yet. It won't be out for like another seven weeks or whatever. Um, but I loved her in it. And uh, I I never really cared about her performances of her previous Oscar pushes and like First Man or Woman Talking. Like I thought she was, you know, good. But like I wasn't upset that she was snubbed or anything. It was just like, no. Oh she didn't get in but uh it would be great if she this were to get her her first oscar nomination i i'm of two minds of this i think supporting actress is pretty loose so there's like a lot of room for flexibility there right you know what i mean so if she got in i wouldn't be surprised i think she can get in at bafta again bafta and i think she can get in maybe with critics choice um but i also think the movie is not as much of a slam dunk as it was initially expect like I've seen people not as into it as it screens throughout the uh, these festivals. So I think it's not if not divisive, like it's not like an automatic. But I think like you were saying, her two performances in First Man and Women Talking that everybody thought were going to get nominated or at least discussed heavily are very similar, right? It's like you're just a bunch of boys, kind of that tone. And this is like way different. I think she's playing like a different tone and a different type of character. And so I could see. If the other two, if the previous performances didn't work for voters, maybe this one would. And she is like the emotional core of the film with Jamie. So I'm like, I can make an argument for it very easily and also against it. I just think the movie might end up being too small and she'll have to settle for like smaller nominations like the Gothams. Yeah, I also wouldn't, um, you know, put all my chips in on Gotham nominations for my Oscar predictions. As we said last week, when we're going over it. It's five people picking. It's five film Twitter, the people who tweet. Uh, so, you know, no offense to those people, but I'm like, they're not, I mean, like deserve a nomination, but again, not, not a very large pool and, you know, I'm happy she got in there. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we will like, I could see her getting some like critics mentions too, and especially like regional critics as well. But I think we'll have a better sense. Like once the movie finally comes out, um, because it's definitely, uh, a film Twitter fave. You know, it's funny though. It is a film Twitter fave, but I've seen people who I would say are like film Twitter devotees being like not as into it. But it's like that is the the place that it's beloved the most. Yes, and I think that also kind of you know warps the perception of how strong certain things are. Like I'm this I'm talking about this film right now, but like that's the case for other films too. Yeah, for sure. Where like. We were May December target art audience for this film. Like we were saying, May December, I think would be like that, right? Yeah. So you think it's like maybe stronger than it is because like these people love it and like they're talking about it. And I do think she's very good in it. Um, 
but I don't think I have the movie getting in anything. I don't even, I don't think I have it in screenplay either. I think after I saw it at Telluride, I put it in screenplay. Actually, no, I, yes. And I had, I think I had Andrew Scott in and now I don't have either of them in festival goggles. Um, yeah, I don't have it in screenplay. I think I have Andrew at the Globes because I too have Andrew at the Globes. Six slots. It's much easier when there's six slots. If there were six slots, we would have like nothing to talk about a lot. Uh, be like, that's, all right, that's why they need to stop expanding stuff. What if they did four slots? Let's make it harder. That'd be fun. I mean, the Baptist used to be four slots. So. Uh, more emails. We have to wrap up here soon, Joyce, because I have to run. But we have a couple more emails I got to get to. Emails at slugfest at goldderby.com. This one's from Rebecca. What did you make of the new round of Maestro reviews and tweet views out of AFI? Um, I think it, they were largely positive from what I saw. I would say I had saw people yeah. being like, they're both going to win Oscars, which I mean. Yes. I yeah, I saw surprised. a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I still have Bradley winning and I could see Carrie winning, though I think her category is much more competitive. I would say the thing I know I, I would say about those AFI reviews uh just more it seems like this is a movie that will is going to remain a strong contender though i'm not sure it will go win a lot of awards i guess i don't know though i think they could both win i guess yeah it it didn't feel that much different from like the the new york no. uh reviews it was like you know largely liked and everyone loved the performances yeah it's like stuff we already knew it was just confirmation of what we already knew when, when you th- see these movies, Joyce, how does it work for you, like, in your own mind? Uh, we see the movies, we're like, oh, that was great. And then, like, a month goes by, and you think back to the movie. Is your opinion, like, still like, that was great? Or are you like, it was fine? With Maestro, like, I, I still I still like Maestro. I like, still like Maestro, too. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, when I saw it, I was like, all these things are good. And this stuff I thought was less good, but still solid. And now I'm like, all those things were good and still less good. But I'm also, like, not super passionate about it, I guess. Well, were you passionate about some of those stuff a month ago i guess not yeah so nothing really changed right no it's kind of like kills the flower moon for me too where i'm just like i'm gonna keep watching this until i figure out like i want to like it so bad it your your new phantom menace you're gonna watch it four times four times i'm not seeing kills the flower moon again in the theater that, that i know are you gonna watch it when it hits apple i doubt it honestly i might put it on one day but i mean it's a tough it's a tough to imagine sitting at home to watch it when you've seen it three times already. Yeah. So uh, you will probably watch it. Like you said, you've only seen it once. So I'm sure you'll probably watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have no plans to see it again in the theater, no. but I'll watch it again on Apple. So yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, with Maestro, yeah, none of that was surprising. And I guess, I guess, um, I mean, is Bradley in first? No, Killian's still in first, right? I think Killian's still in first. Let me look. Yeah, and I think Carrie's in third. Right? Bradley's actually in third behind Leo and Killian. And then Carrie... So they're both in third. ...is also in third. Yeah. But a much close... She's very close behind uh, Lily. For at least for nominations. Though Lily's way ahead and wins. Yeah. I guess... um, maybe like for Carrie it's good like to kind of you know reassert herself as a contender after all you know Killer Moon uh or Killers of the Flower Moon came out Killer Moon would be great that would be Flower, Zack Flowers of the Killer Moon was a great movie Killer, Killer Moon would be Zack Snyder's version of yeah it. um and 
you know uh and like you know all all the hype was around lily so now you know carrie's like remember me like i'm yeah. great in this movie too and everyone who's seen it loves my performance too so yeah i just don't know if i could get her in like i just feel like i could see it being a his and her win like kind of like as good as it gets style or whatever we've seen this in the past but I just feel like the category, his category is not as competitive, even though they're both very competitive and there are a lot of great performances. I just feel like there's way, like the best actress race is so stacked uh, that it's harder for Carrie to win than Bradley to win in best actor. Though I think Carrie might be better than Bradley in the movie, if that matters. Yeah, I think she's better than Bradley. They're both great though. I'm not like, yeah, there's they're not both a great. And, um, but yeah, I think she would have a harder time winning yes um so i don't know if i would go as far to say it will win both no categories but like it it would be you know good wins if they were both to win and again i'll be curious to see when the sag strike ends uh the conventional wisdom online is that bradley cooper not doing press is probably good for bradley cooper uh but i would say like i would be curious with carrie mulligan doing press with that be better for her i don't know we'll see i mean i don't think it matters you know she already she already had a cover come out a couple weeks ago so um but it's like i think you know it's like people know the movie exists it's also coming out pretty late um well it's, it's gonna be in theaters Soon. uh this like month. around thanksgiving but on netflix in late december yeah. so uh, this one's from Jenny at slugfestigolderby.com. The strikes this summer have delayed a lot of television shows. A little left turn here, Joyce. What series have you both been watching this fall and what would you recommend? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not watching anything for fun right now. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of stuff I've watched is under embargo. I'll just say this. I think TV is mostly bad. Not a lot of good shows on right now. Uh, even the stuff I've liked in the past, I've not been super passionate about, including Loki. I don't know if you agree, but the season has been mixed, I would say. Um, I, it's, well, so I watched like the four screeners cause we're caught up now. So this week is five, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, I, like, I want to see the last two episodes. I'm excited to see the last two episodes. Because it was like, I, I like the season. My thing with Loki is that it's, I want it to be a little bit more like buddy cop procedurally kind of like the, the early episodes of season one. Um, and like this season, um, it's, it's like so far deep in the, the temporal loom stuff and that I can like hardly follow, like I can follow it, but it's also just like, it's so deep in there. And, uh, like I, I like a lot of parts of it. And then I thought the the cliffhanger of four was hilarious. I also like the cliffhanger of four. I totally agree with you. I think the season is way too hard to follow. And like the stuff that made the first season great, they've kind of totally my, not. My done. favorite <laughs> thing about this season is uh Miss Minutes heel turn. I love Ghost Clock. Miss Minutes Heel Turn is great. I actually think Kiyo Kwan is awesome on it. I think it's like really fun. He's totally got, he knows the material and the tone and like, it's very fun. Owen Wilson and, and Hiddleston are amazing still. But like all this stuff, like you said, like all the buddy cop stuff, all the Sophie and uh, uh, Tom stuff, it's just not as good. 
they don't not really doing it. And I'm like, so I hope the second last episodes will kind of be like that. Well, yeah, because now I'm like, there's this, you know, like cliffhanger. I was like, I need to see the last two. Um, and yeah, because I like three, the 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 one at, at like the fair, like that, like like Loki was basically a supporting character in that one. Because Loki's all, really not been in a lot. Like it, it was all about Jonathan Majors. Yeah, and, and I Fox. would say, uh, putting not that you have to, but not not the biggest fan of the Jonathan Majors performance. Uh, this in the show, he was doing something different. Uh, the other stuff I could say that I watched that I don't know if I could talk about greatly. Uh, two things that I love though were Fargo season five and Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I know that Fargo embargo is next week. So I watched it and I, I enjoyed it. That's that's uh, not breaking. I, I, like it exists and it's it's good. Uh, last one here from Allison uh, Joyce. I feel like this one's directed straight to you, so I'm gonna, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Matthew Perry's sudden death over the weekend was heartbreaking. Do you think he was an underrated actor? And what is your f- favorite performance of his? That's from Allison. Joyce, you're the biggest Friends um, fan I've ever met. Oh, well, thank you. I know a lot of big Friends fans. A lot of people who love Friends like to say they're the biggest Friends fan. Okay. So, because um, that's what happened on my first day of college <laughs> with my roommate. Um, uh, yes, devastating. Um, this is probably the saddest I've been over a celebrity death um because it's my favorite show and I grew up watching it and like I've I was gonna say I've lost people (laughs) like like celebrities I've grown up watching have died Mm -hmm. and I've been sad but um this one is it's just like like he and Chandler like shaped my humor basically like I learned sarcasm from him like this is not anything revelatory because I think that's the case for a lot of people of my generation and yours too really like anyone who grew up in the 90s mm-hmm. um like I used to record episodes on VHS and rewatch them not just for the episode itself but to hear his line deliveries and his cadence and I would try to mimic it because it was just so unique and so funny and uh like I still like say lines in my head like him or I would like say something and be like, oh, like Chandler would have like said it like that, you know, or like that's like a Chandler line. So um, I think he, I think even when the show was airing, the show when it was airing, it was a huge hit, but it was definitely underrated um, awards wise. Like he should have way more than one Emmy nomination for it. He should have been nominated for the last season too. He had a great tape. The one with the birth mother, mm-hmm. um, when he tells Anna Ferris that he'll learn how to be a good dad when the day comes, but his wife is already there. She's a mother without a baby. And um, he's he's like the best friend you want and the perfect boyfriend and husband that you want. I think one of the most romantic things he ever said on the show was when he told Monica that she's not high maintenance, like she's just passionate. And he's good at cheering her up when she gets upset at the little things and it's okay because he likes maintaining her. I'm like, that is just so sweet. That one, I saw that one going viral uh, after. That's like one of his yeah. best moments on the yeah. show. And like just that whole arc of that character. And he was so great at it because he, he wasn't just about the jokes and, um, but, and then like, you know, he didn't do a lot of movies, but his best movie was his last movie, 17 again. Great movie. 
he's not in it a lot but it's really great uh so, yeah very sad i you know it's it's more that like i don't think any of us were ready to start losing friends no this soon yeah so You're not really expecting it very young obviously yeah just um very and as we're recording this his memoir came out a year ago today so i was probably reading it at this point wow. today uh, so very sad um i think what, i think you what you're saying about his line like i was not the biggest friends fan though i've watched a lot of it i have not revisited it but when it was on i was watching it and his line readings and his sarcasm i could hear in my head forever like he's like immediately the most memorable character i think on the whole show he's he's everyone's favorite character and i'm like you know all, everyone was saying that i was like this is like nothing new like i think he's everyone's favorite yeah. character. yeah um I will say I loved him on like the Sorkin stuff he did. I was just saying. My yeah, he's a great drama actor. I yeah. wanted to, we should rewatch Studio 60, even though I know it's bad. I kind of really want to rewatch it. I like and Studio it, 60. It deserved better. And I loved of his like other comedies. Like I loved Go On. That only lasted a season. I think his, not a mistake, but like, I think if those shows were on cable and not broadcast, they would have lasted longer. Like Go On was a total cable show i mean i feel like a lot of these were ahead of their time a lot of his like after friends stuff i feel like would have been more successful now it was great on the good wife so i like all that his movies i gotta say like you said 17 again i definitely saw the whole nine yards uh the, the physical comedy that he does in that impeccable yeah just they're pretty sad uh r.i.p like, matthew perry and he like from his memoir it, it's it felt like he was finally in a good place and like you're ready yeah. for a second act yeah him. i mean if you read his memoir which is i think everyone should read it because it, it you just get a whole sense of what he went through and like he had so many surgeries too it's not just like he had like 14 surgeries he had a lot of health problems um, obviously yeah i kind of feel like his body like maybe just gave out but anyway like you know he wanted his legacy to help to to be that he helped people and yeah. um I think he did. And I think, you know, people should read his book. Um, you learn a lot of stuff. There's a lot of fun stories in there too. Um, but yeah, it really did feel like he's in a good place and he was ready to, you know, do more things. Um, and it sucks that it was cut short. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't watched that, that reunion that they did two years ago since I first saw it. I still haven't watched it again. But it's going to be sad because like at one point, Courtney says in it, you know, like as a joke, like this is the last time we're doing this. Yeah, pretty sad. Yeah. I saw clips of that going viral as well. And Tim talking about like how close they were as a cast. I mean, they released like a very short statement. I'm sure they're all very upset. I know. And just like if you're, if you're like an asshole who was demanding reactions from them, like get out of here. Like yeah. no one, no public figure is, you know, in, like, you, like you're not owed a statement from any public figure. Yeah to no. react to a death of their friend no. who is way more than a friend so that you don't need confirmation of someone's devastation no uh that's it joyce r.i.p matthew perry we'll end it there uh very sad we're ending on a sad note next week we'll be back with the uh, happier stuff maybe i guess we're gonna I mean, have to if you're talking it. about stuff i'm i'm tv i'm rewatching i've just been rewatching friends but i watch friends every day anyway so <laughs> like it's not nothing new, new. Nothing i literally new. watch friends every day nothing new uh, email us at slugfest at goldderby.com. We'll be back next week. We're recording it a little earlier next week. So get your emails in uh, now if you want to want us to talk about stuff. It's Chris's fault. It's my fault. I'm going away, but we're fine. We'll do it at night. We're going to do a night show. It's going to be great. No one would uh, know. 
you're gonna know because it's gonna be fucking pitch dark in here <laughs> talk, talk i mean that. like this this could easily be a night too because we're gonna fall back an hour <laughs> it's true uh talk to you later guys bye for all things hollywood competition and award season head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at gold derby With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.